0: Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a holistic business coach and intuitive healer who supports empaths in creating a thriving body, business, and life. Healing my own chronic illness as an empath led me to become fascinated with energy, and more specifically, all the emotional, spiritual, and holistic healing modalities that my doctor never told me about. I began to share my insights and journey online, and over time built a powerful community and business supporting women who were also on their path to healing. Think of this podcast as your uncensored and no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship as a highly sensitive person. You'll get no nonsense and totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing journey right beside you. Now let's get started. Welcome to today's show. I have Dr. Diana Driscoll on for an interview today. She is an internationally recognized researcher, inventor, speaker, author, and patient advocate. While she's an optometrist by education, she knows firsthand what it's like to have invisible illness like so many of you listening. She was disabled for over a decade with her own struggle with invisible illnesses. Now that she's fully recovered, she is the recipient of two patents to date and continues to research as the president of Genetic Disease investigators. She's also the founder and clinical director of POTS Care. We'll be talking more about POTS and what it stands for today. This is the only clinic dedicated to treating the underlying medical causes of POTS and not just the symptoms. She's an author of the Driscoll Theory. She is a powerful force to be reckoned with, and I cannot wait for you to hear more information that she's going to be sharing today around, again, the underlying root causes of POTS and just understanding parts of our body that we don't or maybe you have not often heard about like the vagus nerve. So this is really amazing novel research and information that I really hope that you'll gain just new insights today for your own body or maybe for those that you love. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Dr. Diana Driscoll. I am so excited to have you on today, and I'd love for the audience to start to get to know you and a little bit of your own healing journey, your own health story. If you could just start with a little background on that,
1: yeah, boy, that would be quite the story to get into (laughs) all that. But I'm an optometrist, and thank you, feel free to call me Diana. But I was practicing for gosh, 30 years doing just fine. As far as I knew, I was perfectly healthy. But I got a virus when I went on a mission trip to Costa Rica. And I can't blame the virus because everybody got the same virus, but everybody else healed and I didn't recover. Mm -hmm. And it started out with just strange symptoms. My Uh, Heart started to act up. Sometimes it would start racing. My blood pressure started to go all over the place. Digestion wasn't right. Um, And then it morphed into, I felt like I was flooded with adrenaline. Mm. I was sensitive to sound, light, smells, uh, medications, most anything. Then eventually, and I couldn't sleep. I was awake all the time, sometimes three days in a row. Mm, wow. There's no way I could sleep. I um, morphed into, interestingly though, chronic fatigue, where mm. then I went from being unable to stay awake to being, I mean, unable to sleep to unable to stay awake. I was awake maybe three hours a day, and there's three hours I wanted to be asleep. I was really, really struggling to sit three hours. Mm. Um, I got so bad, Sarah. I was hallucinating sometimes um, I got to the point it, what started as brain fog okay. just became dementia mm-hmm. honestly I, I had no short-term memory uh, no ability to, to juggle my thoughts or keep them organized um, I couldn't answer the phone mm-hmm. I, everything seems stressful to me mm-hmm. like the phone or if somebody came to the door they could just sit out there because mm-hmm. there was no way I could handle Mm -hmm. answering the door and trying to converse with other people. So Mm -hmm. I was sick for over a decade and um, as as horrible as it was for me, both of our kids also got sick and our son um, was sick when he was eight years old. He missed three years of school We took him everywhere and he started fainting and then he ultimately was just wasting away. He developed severe osteoporosis. He broke his arms, throwing a ball one day, putting on his coat one day, but no one had any answers. I was diagnosed with POTS, Mm -hmm. postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, but in no way was the fast heart rate indicative of how sick I was I would, I would tell the doctors I'm sick in any position you know it's not necessarily just when I'm standing yeah. it's different when I'm standing mm-hmm. but could they look at what else has happened just ignore the heart rate they couldn't do it mm-hmm. um, and we were stuck with high salt and we were offered um, antidepressants <laughs> which was really insulting yes. you know that I knew okay no we, we've got to figure this out. I ultimately was in clinical trials at Mayo Clinic, and this was after going to maybe fifty doctors mm-hmm. looking for the answer. I thought I'm just not getting to the right doctor. It's not subtle. It's I don't have some subtle condition. It's certainly not a psychiatric condition. Mm-hmm. And um, after the work with them for three years, they said, "Well, we think pot's patients are perfectly normal." they're just more aware of their own bodies. Hmm. And that's when I knew we were on our own. Mm-hmm. So I had to try to figure out what I could.
0: Yeah, that um, had to be really terrifying, especially with the short-term memory loss and just not really being able to function in yeah. your life. What age was was that for you? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I got sick when I was 46 years old. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a blessing, not necessarily to say, because it's really hard to see that as a silver lining, but the age, because I had a good history of health. I knew my body. I knew my personality. The changes were, were clearly secondary to something that happened to me. Yeah. Um, if I had been certainly my son's age, or mm-hmm. even what's typical is a, a young female, like teenage or 20s, Would I have had the perspective to realize, okay, clearly this is an illness. Would I have thought I'm just losing my mind? You know, I don't know. But I could jump past any doctor's thoughts of maybe it's
0: anxiety
1: or something like that. I knew that wasn't the case. There was a medical reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure then to see your children, especially your son, then struggling as well, had to be heartbreaking. But also um, drive you to to you know motivate you to really look deeper, not only at your own body but their bodies as well, and try Mm -hmm. to find solutions for them. And were you already practicing Mm -hmm. medicine at that point then?
1: I had been practicing optometry for decades Mm -hmm. and in optometry school, we learn a lot about the body and the eye is a great window to systemic health, but we didn't learn everything. So I really did have to take myself to school on quite a few things, Mm -hmm. but you're right. The kids being sick was such a strong driver. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like I was put in this perfect position to try to get answers because I was in the body of a patient and that helps. It really does help. Mm -hmm. And I had the two kids so affected. I told them, I want to know everything that happens because anything could be a clue. Yeah. But it, it was rough. Our, Our son came to me when he was nine and he said, And I had no answers at that time, zero. Mm -hmm. But he said, mom, I I can't keep going. I don't know how to keep going. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't think I can go one more day. Mm -hmm. And I made him a promise that I understood he was suffering, Mm -hmm. but we're going to get some answers and I'm not going to give up until we know why we are sick. Mm -hmm. So um, I took that very seriously. And It only took 12 years, (laughs) but we got there.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of us can relate to the length of time it gets, Mm -hmm. it takes to get a diagnosis with invisible illness and with these Uh, like, you know, laundry list or hodgepodge of symptoms but then like what does this mean what's going on on a deeper level and is there a name for that Mm -hmm. and then how do you treat it and how do you get to the root cause of a lot of these things so and you Mm -hmm. said something before we started recording which I want to bring up as well which is depending on kind of what doctor you see what type of doctor you see that can even determine the diagnosis that you receive can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about that
1: Absolutely, and I think all of us invisible illness patients see this, Mm -hmm. but you could talk to someone with POTS or chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, PTSD, Lyme disease, whatever, and it's like, oh, well, we share so much, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's so many commonalities, be it the fatigue, brain fog, GI problems, Mm -hmm. um, what have you. that I think some of the criteria for diagnosing these conditions are completely arbitrary. Someone just decides and uh, tries to define it that way. Mm -hmm. So depending upon arbitrary criteria, everything's a mishmash. It does depend who labels us as Mm -hmm. to where we look for answers.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Which is frustrating. I think what you often say, Sarah, too, that if you can honor your intuitive power that, the intuition for me was telling me, oh, no, this is a medical condition, mm-hmm. um, to be able to listen to your body and, and understand when, okay, it's something you can talk yourself through versus when, oh, no, there's no possible way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get some medical help. Um, but there was just no one there to help, which mm-hmm. was very frustrating. Yeah.
0: So can you explain for anyone who is listening more specifically what that POTS diagnosis means and then what you learned through that diagnosis to actually get to the root cause of what was going on in your body? Like you said, this was twelve years. So I'm sure right. there's a lot of information you gathered along the way. Yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs>
1: No kidding. Yeah. Um, well, POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And what that means is when, say, your heart rate changes from being lying down in a resting position to standing or the golden standards on a tilt table where you're fully relaxed and then you're tilted up for up to 10 minutes, your heart rate should go up. The criteria says 30 beats a minute for adults, if it goes up 30 beats a minute. They call it POTS. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what happens to the blood pressure. That's just the criteria for diagnosis. And it's considered a a disorder of the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And the autonomic nervous system is a system of the body that you shouldn't have to think about. It should happen all by itself. So that Mm -hmm. would include your heart rate, your blood pressure, tear production, digestion, et cetera uh, breathing, we shouldn't have to say, okay, it's time to breathe. you yeah. know? Um, and when that goes wonky, we go down, we go down and I certainly did just within a couple of weeks of getting this virus. So trying to figure this out after the first three years where I was just trying to do what the doctor said, you know, cause I'm sure they're the experts and they know what's happening and realize, okay, they really don't have any idea. Um, first thing I figured out was my kids and I were dealing with high intracranial pressure Mm -hmm. and it was important to correct that. Relief was immediate. That is not everybody, but it was a majority of patients, about 75% of those um, with pods appear Mm -hmm. to have that. So when I started to get some of those answers, I put out a book, um, The Driscoll Theory. I was on YouTube just reaching out to patients at the time, sharing, this is really bad. <laughs> you know? And this is a real condition. Don't, do not get anybody wrong on that. Um, and that just went worldwide. And that was awesome. It was a, a few years later, I figured out the next layer was, I had to look at the vagus nerve and that took a while to figure out too, but something was up with that. The vagus nerve is the nerve that controls every aspect of digestion allows the heart rate to slow it helps breathing Mm -hmm. Um, interestingly it's the anti-inflammatory nerve of the body and I had to figure out what was going on there too
0: Mm -hmm. what uh what about the vagus nerve or Mm -hmm. starting to improve what they call vagal tone
1: what about
0: that helped you and your whole family feel better and i'm also curious to know like do you have any hypothesis or theory why this affected your entire family Maybe not. Yes. Maybe not your husband, I think, but your children at least.
1: Right. Yeah. Right, and that's a good point, though, because my husband was fine, mm-hmm. but both of my kids and I were, were sick. My mm-hmm. daughter was m- the most functional; mm-hmm. she was able to stay in school. But we knew it wasn't the environment per se. If it had been him too, I would have had more concern yeah. about that. But, right. <laughs> um, well, this was interesting, Sarah, because it turned out it wasn't really a vagus nerve problem. And I think when we're all scrambling trying to figure out what's wrong with our own bodies, it's an important differentiation to make. Mm-hmm. If I had stopped at vagus nerve, I'd still be sick, and so mm-hmm. my kids. Mm-hmm. But what happened to me? Um, things just fell just right. <laughs> Maybe a little divine intervention here, but I was getting sicker and sicker, and um, I had leaned toward constipation but I was always either constipated or I had episodic diarrhea and I was always glad when that happened because at least it would relieve the constipation just nothing was normal Mm -hmm. my digestion was so messed up but it got to the point where I had complete gastroparesis I couldn't have a bowel movement it was everything was just sitting there Mm -hmm. nothing was happening and it had been 11 days since i'd had a bowel movement wow. and it's not just the constipation it's it's having that much constipation when you're also so sick yeah and you just feel horrible from top to bottom anyway it was just too much i had tried everything i knew of to have a bowel movement mm-hmm. and with no luck and i saw my doctor she checked my gallbladder i was having some lower right hand quadrant achiness and she said oh your gallbladder is not working this needs to come out and Mm -hmm. I thought well is it you know going to explode like an appendix or something she said no Mm -hmm. so said is there gallstones in there or is the opening stuck closed no that was fine but the ejection fraction was eight percent I told her I want to think about this because it sounds like the gland itself is maybe okay Maybe mm-hmm. it's not getting a signal. It sounded neurological. Mm-hmm. And then she sent me to a urologist to see if maybe some of this achiness was a kidney stone. Honestly, it didn't present like a kidney stone, but I don't think she knew what to do. Mm. And the urologist gave me some dye to drink and he looked for a stone and I didn't have a stone. Yeah, that's great. But I told him when I was thinking about concerning the vagus nerve, I was looking at it being maybe compressed at the neck at the time. I didn't know if that was right, but mm. I was considering that. He thought that was amazing. And I said, if that is what's happening, could some of this pain or achiness be that ileocecal valve, the valve between the large and small intestine, mm-hmm. if it's stuck, if it's not opening, of course, that, that would keep you from being able to have a bowel movement. Mm-hmm. So he sent me up the hall to his um, surgeon friend to see if the surgeon could open up this valve. And the surgeon said, Diana, if you think this is a vagus nerve problem, don't have abdominal surgery unless it's life-threatening. Mm-hmm. He said, we cause gastroparesis. Mm-hmm. We cut through these nerves, you know, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated his honesty. And I went home. I ended up in the emergency room, um, still no bowel movement. They gave me prokinetics. Nothing worked. I was filled with stool, the image. Thank you very much. You love to hear those lovely words, you know. <laughs> um, and then... something just amazing happened this had been three days since I saw the urologist I got a kidney stone
0: Mm.
1: how on earth does that happen but I called the urologist and I thought he's gonna think I'm nuts I said, I understand three days ago I did not have a stone I respect that I get it I do now I had never had one before Sarah but if you ever have one you you can't miss this okay Mm -hmm. you just all of a sudden doubled over um but he removed the stone and when I woke up from surgery he was he was real close to me and he said Diana you're right and I'm trying to come out of anesthesia like oh what's that you know and he said it's your ileocecal valve and I said how do you know he said well that dye I gave you to drink three days ago was all in there but it's all crammed up against that valve Mm -hmm. so wow confirmation Mm -hmm. you know I felt like I'm on the right track so what do we do he said I'm here for your kidney
0: stone. (laughs) I have no idea.
1: So I went home and I was in bed miserable and I didn't know who else to go to. And I think a lot of us as patients, we get to that point. We're stuck, um, totally miserable, exhausted all of our options. I thought, okay, I'm just going to assume I'm right let's say it's my vagus nerve let's say it's compressed I didn't know if that was right but if so what could I do to try to stimulate a bowel movement and I remembered in school learning there's two parts to the vagus nerve and I think this was one of the strange things Sarah about this story is that I remember those lectures like it was yesterday. And I know I'm a nerd, but I think it's kind of weird that these details just popped to the surface again. And I thought, okay, there's two parts. There's the preganglionic vagus nerve that goes from the head down the neck into the chest and the abdomen. Then there's a gap or synapse. And then there's a tiny postganglionic vagus nerve. And I remembered having to memorize that all that was new to me. And I remember the professor saying the postganglionic nerve is so small it's almost a part of the organ itself. Mm. I thought, okay, if my preganglionic nerve is not working for any reason, could I stimulate <coughs> excuse me, that post-ganglionic nerve? And I thought, okay, how would I do that? What is the neurotransmitter? Nerves communicate with a chemical, right? Mm. And that chemical is acetylcholine. Well, acetylcholine's not a drug. I knew that the body breaks it down immediately, so you have to use what's called an agonist or an imitator. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, what is the agonist to acetylcholine at the vagus nerve? I thought, oh well, that's easy. The vagus nerve is the only nicotinic acetylcholinergic nerve in the body. We say that because its agonist is nicotine. Mm. So I called my husband at the office and said, honey, on the way home, would you swing by the drugstore and bring me a nicotine patch? And he said, what are you up to? So I'll explain it later. You know, he was getting used to me running some little experiments on my body because yeah. I had to get answers. And I didn't know if it mattered where I put that patch there, but mm-hmm. I ended up putting it on the lower right-hand quadrant, kind of picturing the nicotine going through the skin. It's transdermal after all, and landing on the receptor of the postganglionic vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. And if, if I got this right, something should happen. And it took an hour, hour and a half or so. Things started moving. The valve opened. I had a normal bowel movement. What? Mm -hmm. And I continued to use that for four days straight over and over. Worked just fine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to stop using it, though, because nicotine activates inflammation. Right. Um, It looked like my stomach was on fire or being Mm -hmm. eaten by fire ants. But it taught me something. And mm-hmm. the first thing it told me was that this wasn't some weird autoimmune condition affecting the receptor. All of the research in POTS was looking at autoimmunity. I mm-hmm. thought, no, the receptor works fine. It's not getting the signal. Yeah. So either this is a preganglionic vagus nerve problem mm-hmm. or it's a neurotransmitter problem. Mm-hmm. And I had to dig deeper to figure out is this a neurotransmitter problem, mm-hmm. but that's essential to do. Mm-hmm. And this is when I, I reached out. I had a blog, pretty ill, and had quite a bit of outreach. And I got uh, I pulled together a symptoms checklist for patients and collected these over four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And we looked at chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, POTS, EDS. Fibromyalgia and PTSD. And in these symptom checklists, I tucked away 35 symptoms of anticholinergic poisoning, Mm. which is if we ingest a drug that breaks down acetylcholine, we present with some symptoms. Mm -hmm. We haven't been drugged. Okay. But it can mimic if acetylcholine is not getting released properly, it can mimic anticholinergic poisoning, Mm -hmm. just kind of turn down a notch. Mm -hmm. And indeed the majority of patients in all of those conditions showed the majority of symptoms. Mm -hmm. They would come and go and they didn't advanced uh, coma seizures and death, but something was up with the neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. So I changed all the research at that point to studying acetylcholine was a genetic issue with with acetylcholine Mm -hmm. Um, that was my first inclination was something breaking it down was it not getting released which ultimately was the answer it wasn't getting released properly Ah. certain aspects of inflammation block its release Mm -hmm. and that's so important because if that's the case, you can stimulate that nerve, you can try to meditate or gargle or whatever we do to promote the vagus nerve, it won't release the neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily our fault right. if that doesn't work, and it's easy to blame ourselves for that. Yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was essential to figure that out. And then I had to think, okay, if I can't use nicotine, could I come up with something yeah. Um, an oral mix. If we know the mechanism of action, we study these genetic issues, etc. Mm-hmm. Is there a way it could all come together quickly and stimulate that postganglionic nerve, but also cross the blood-brain barrier yeah. and Use acetylcholine for the brain? So that took three years to figure out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, so just to kind of like summarize for some of our listeners too, this presented like it might be a vagus nerve problem but ultimately through some amazing self-experimentation you (laughs) were able to figure out that that was really secondary and it was a more of a neurotransmitter problem or issue more specifically with acetylcholine and i'm sure there's people who are like wait a second, do I need to go buy nicotine patches and put them on my you know, lower quadrant? And is that going to help me if they're relating to some of your symptoms? And of course that gave you a lot of information, but then ultimately um, creates inf- inflammation in the body. And it's not something you want to be putting on or for transdermal use every single day. So at this point, it's like, you know, that your, your vagus nerve isn't, working well. You've mm-hmm. experimented and found that the the uh, acetylcholine, that activation of it is helping you. So right. then you did this research and ultimately what alternative solution that is mm-hmm. not inflammatory did you find for your body?
1: Right. And this, again, it took, took a while. I wish I could tell you I did it overnight, but picture me in the kitchen using my ancient ancient Mm -hmm. organic chemistry knowledge (laughs) and then with the research on the genes etc trying to get this mixed right and giving it to myself and my son Mm -hmm. uh, hoping that we could do this what we initially watched for is we took it on an empty stomach to see if we had a bowel movement okay Mm -hmm. we gave it up to 90 minutes we had a bowel movement we knew we likely triggered that post-ganglionic vagus nerve. Yeah. What was really weird and what I wasn't anticipating, I wasn't even looking at this initially. I was looking at the gut. Everything was all about the gut. Mm-hmm. But four to six weeks, dry eyes went away. Mm-hmm. And I had some severe dry eyes. And I'm an eye doctor. Mm-hmm. I had everything at my disposal. I couldn't get rid of them. And my son was suffering with that too. Um, immediately, though, the mental fatigue, I mean, immediately started to reverse. Mm. Um, it didn't last long. At first, I had to keep taking it to keep my acetylcholine levels up. But I ended up calling it Parasym Plus when we finally got it out. Uh, when I was trying to name it, I thought, what am I trying to say? I was thinking about calling it super regular, because you could have a super regular bowel movement. <laughs> Do you know. What I thought? <laughs> but I'm trying to say more. Yeah. What am I trying to say? That it It promotes um, the parasympathetic nervous system, the uh, calming rest and digest system of the body, the anti-inflammatory nerve of the body,
0: Mm -hmm. plus
1: it crosses the blood-brain barrier to support the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. And there's no drug out there that will do that. There is Mm -hmm. no... A supplement mix that will do that, which is how, um, I've gotten two patents to date on this, which was very validating. Mm-hmm. The most validating thing though, was, um, my son's recovery.
0: Yeah. He
1: started to, uh, um, absorb nutrients properly mm-hmm. and then ultimately recovered and went on to lift weights. And now he's an athlete of all things. We so didn't <laughs> see that coming. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, recovery is a very validating Mm -hmm. thing for science. But it was really a scary, scary time for us, very Mm -hmm. scary. But we're really happy to share it with others. It can be life-changing to recognize it and to treat it properly.
0: Yeah. So I have some, some one-on-one clients who I've given some uh, vagus nerve exercises to some of the things that you've mentioned, um, briefly, you know, like meditating, like gargling water using the, Mm -hmm. um, Hung dispre- depressor um, oils along the mastoid bone, the cold showers, like there's a lot of ways to right. stimulate your vagus nerve. But in this mm-hmm. case, you could have been, I think, seemingly doing all those things and not seeing improvement with your symptoms. Right. And so can you explain a little bit why something like the, the product that you developed, Parison Plus, is going to help versus these things are not.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. What we had to figure out was why wasn't it working? And being an eye doctor helped with this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an eye condition called Sjogren's syndrome. Yeah. And it's an autoimmune condition, right? Um, but initially in Sjogren's syndrome, um, the gland that produces tears, it causes dry eyes, dry mouth. Okay, but it is a systemic condition. It's a systemic inflammatory condition. We tend to view it as one that just attacks uh, the gland that produces tears. It does a little bit more than that. But ultimately the gland, the lacrimal gland that produces tears can basically be destroyed by the inflammation.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: early on, the inflammation blocks the release of acetylcholine at that mm-hmm. nerve. When that's happening, we stimulate that nerve nothing happens. Mm -hmm. When when inflammation blocks the release of acetylcholine, stimulating that nerve will not be effective. Mm -hmm. So that insight helped me figure out the vagus nerve. Instead of actually stimulating the nerve, Paracyn Plus can go right for the receptor. So you don't even have to have a functioning nerve. Mm. The other clue I had, Sarah, going through this was why would all of a sudden I need to stimulate that nerve. Mm -hmm. It's automatic. It should be. It's part of the autonomic nervous system. We shouldn't have to work at it. Mm -hmm. When we need it, it should just work. So what was keeping it from working? Mm -hmm. I remember um, a friend saying, Maybe you need to just meditate. And I told her, oh my gosh, that would be a teaspoon of help against an ocean Mm -hmm. (laughs) of problems. If someone would help me with that ocean, I'll do my teaspoon part. And ultimately that teaspoon part did help. Yeah if something kicks off um, stress or anxiety or whatever, it does help to stay in your calm place. Mm -hmm. It really does. It helps prevent that sympathetic nervous system override that can cause even more inflammation. So that's Mm -hmm. not good. But I had to figure out that first step before it was just going to even begin to help me, but it was that immediate, um, all of a sudden, why would that nerve not be working right? Why would I need Mm -hmm. to stimulate? That was such a clue for for me. So replacing the neurotransmitter and just going right for the receptor Mm -hmm. bypasses all of that.
0: Yeah. you're right you mentioned this earlier it's like you are very uniquely suited with your profession yeah. and like at your yeah. personal symptoms to to find this solution and congratulations on your your yeah. second patent and I, i'm yeah. curious just so it's really crystal clear to our listeners like how how is parasim plus used is it oral is it a mm-hmm. capsule is it eye drops like how yes. how do you actually use it
1: yes it is oral it's capsules Um, we recommend taking it in the morning on a basically empty stomach. I did three clinical trials on this. And then the last one, we thought if we have to take this every day in the morning, it'd be great to put it in a smoothie or a breakfast bar or something. It didn't work. We didn't get that bowel movement, which reassured me that it was in place. Mm -hmm. So basically empty stomach is usually best, two or three capsules. It took four to six weeks for the gut to fully normalize, but as far as normalizing the the tendency for dysbiosis, um, I had such bad candida,
0: what
1: mm-hmm. uh, we call sibo or sibo it was, it was just miserable yeah getting stomach acid the gallbladder works great now <laughs> you know, which is awesome yeah. the pancreas keeping that working and then the normal bowel movements, the uh, flora normalized and that's mm-hmm where so much of your immune system is. Absolutely. So, what was now, interesting... Someone... It's an. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if there's any other eye people out there, this is interesting because as an eye doctor, I would have never considered the autonomic nervous system in dry eye patients. We yeah. just don't do it. And. If I had not been a patient, you know, ending up with this, it would have never occurred to me. And Mm -hmm. that's what that second patent is for. Mm -hmm. We could take something orally to promote the nerve that produces tears and help with the inflammation. It's not intuitive that you can do that. Mm -hmm. So, again, it was truly a a new discovery.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So do do people need to be kind of constipated in order to benefit from this this paracin plus or how would someone listening know whether this is appropriate for them and their body their health do they have to have a diagnosis certain symptoms how how would they know
1: yeah we're supposed to this based on presentation um, so it can be tricky, especially if your gut is like mine, where it was sometimes constipated, sometimes diarrhea. Mm-hmm. But what we look for signs of anticholinergic poisoning, basically. We look for brain fog, dry eyes, dry mouth, um, emotional ups and downs, shall I say. <laughs> We're a little more volatile sometimes, a tendency toward fatigue, mental fatigue, a Tendency toward constipation. Yeah. Um, signs of malabsorption. If the vagus nerve is not working well, we end up with nutrient malabsorption. We can get plenty of symptoms there. That's where I was hallucinating sometimes. It got so bad No one recognized that's what it was. Mm. And here in the United States, we think everything's fortified, you know, we should be getting nutrients from somewhere. If anyone needs a digestive enzyme or needs acid like betaine hydrochloride or responds well to apple cider vinegar or whatever, that's a clue that the nerve isn't working properly. Mm -hmm. Someone who's prone to having a fast heart rate or gets anxious easily, um, those are all signs too so we look for kind of that presentation mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's helpful because I'm thinking about myself and thinking about my family members thinking about my clients right. and knowing, okay so who can really really benefit from from this and so my yeah. next question is where who would benefit for for that deeper, kind of um, more downward pathway of the receptor with the paracin plus versus trying vagus nerve stimulation first.
1: Right. If you tend to have dry eyes or brain fog, Those are not vagus nerve problems. Those Mm -hmm. are strictly acetylcholine. Mm -hmm. So um, if there's signs of a more global issue, that would be a clue. Okay. Um, If there's no response beyond what helped momentarily, (laughs) but maybe you didn't get a bowel movement from it, that sort of thing with um, trying to meditate or gargle or whatever, then that would be a clue too. Mm -hmm. What we've often found is that combination is really great. Mm-hmm. If you can restore the neurotransmitter and then encourage the meditating, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, that's a really powerful combination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for giving people those tools mm-hmm. um, like you're talking about to help with that, especially how to keep the, that calm, parasympathetic rest (laughs) relax uh, balance in if you lived like I did where it was so horrible the sympathetic was so high Mm -hmm. and the parasympathetic was so low it was um, a horrible place to be Mm
0: -hmm. it really
1: was and uh, to get that balance back is life changing and not to need a medicine to do that or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very proactive now Mm -hmm. but do watch for more global presentation of acetylcholine Mm -hmm. and certainly someone with a lack of response Mm -hmm. or if they feel like I did flooded with adrenaline you know that's kind of a clue yeah something else Mm -hmm. is going on too Mm -hmm. and do think in terms of why would we have to stimulate that nerve Mm -hmm. Are we missing something here? Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. So you really. You got your life back after this uh, realization, after really trying to find, like you said, the root cause of what was happening specifically in your body versus um, like so many of us have unfortunately, and there is a time and a place for this, but I think so many of us have unfortunately just been kind of pushed off as having some sort of um, anxiety, depression, psychological issue. When we know, we know there's something Mm -hmm. Intuitively like yes. know within your core your soul that something is
1: that's right deeper
0: happening in your body um, mm-hmm. And so you obviously had that intuitive Hunch and, and drive to figure that out, but then once you did right. discover this I'm sure mm-hmm. so much changed for you and what was that yes. like for you really getting your life back oh. and also being able to see now your son especially like become an athlete right. and, and Go back to school
1: Right. Oh, gosh, I'm going to try not to get teary on that one. I wish I'd had that crystal ball back then because it was just so horrible for so long. Um, We didn't know that we would get the answers. We didn't know if James would ever have a normal life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really terrifying, but he is doing great, and he's a senior in college now, nearly straight A's. He's, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's not a sick person. Mm-hmm. He, ha- he manages some of this underlying stuff and does it very well, as do I, yeah. but trying living so sick for so long i was in four walls for years um i remember my husband saying could we maybe just prop you up in starbucks or something so you can be around people and i thought oh no i'm way too sick for that you know i just i was just definitely ill um but to be sucked back it was like having alzheimer's parkinson's um ms how can i say my mind my organs, my body, none of none of those were working.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to be sucked back and then plopped into normal life mm-hmm. um, was really strange. It took a while for my brain to kind of catch up with the changes, honestly, that my body was doing. Yeah. Um, I don't take anything for granted. I never will again. Yeah. I think most of us who go on a journey like this, Um, working, for example, not only just working full time, a full day, Mm -hmm. stressful job, but being able to go home and then saying, okay, what are we doing tonight? And then on the weekends, you know, Okay, what are we doing this weekend? I never thought that would happen either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never take that for granted. And yeah. I was always thinking I'd want to retire early and stuff. But no, no, it, it's a blessing to be able to work. And I'm so happy to be able to do that. Yeah. So it does change your complete outlook. Yeah. I I would tell people who tried to say there's a reason for everything, which... I so was not buying that, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that for like uh, two years, you know, yeah. but then after a while, you're just suffering so much. And mm-hmm. I remember telling someone, no, no, if you just suffer, 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 die, you know, no, I don't get it. I don't feel like you're, you're, I don't know a better person or something mm-hmm. for going through that, but to be so close to, to that was it. And then just whoop, you know, saved from it yeah. uh, changes the way you live every day yeah, and every moment.
0: So well, it's like you had to grieve your old life in mm-hmm. the depth of that darkness and illness. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there it was again, but I'm sure in like a new way through new eyes. And yeah. now you're looking at life as a different person, as a changed person in a different way that makes you really, really appreciate the energy to work, the energy to spend time with your loved ones, the energy to sit in Starbucks around a lot of people, which (laughs) is like nothing to some people. They're like, oh, what do you mean? That's exhausting. And like, I still am like, that sounds really exhausting. (laughs) Like just so much energy. But Just to be able to see life with so much appreciation and gratitude and also for Mm -hmm. you to have this gift of knowledge and wisdom to then be able to share the solutions with people that not only you love, but the world I think Mm -hmm. is really powerful and and does help kind of put some sort of purpose or meaning or understanding to the immense struggle that you did go through and like to be Mm -hmm. able to kind of come to deeper terms with that in our life. So thank you for all of your work. And I just want to open the floor up one more time, Diana, to see if there's anything else that you would love to share with the listeners today. Well, that's
1: so kind. And thank you for your thoughts on that, Sarah. Um, You talk a fair amount about identifying your limiting beliefs. And if there is anything I could share right now with others, it would be that I never Thought I could pull out of it. It was just that bad for so long. And mm-hmm. I was old. I mean, I got, I was sick when I was, you know, 46. So mm-hmm. it was such a long journey. Didn't see this coming. So if, if anything, always keep the door open to the hope that there will be answers for you and that you can indeed recover. Mm -hmm. Nothing is necessarily permanent until death. Right. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see it coming with me. And the, the hope that we can get hearing, whether it's my story or someone else's, you know, getting answers can be a powerful one. Cause I know what it's like to go from hour to hour, day to day, just clinging to whatever you can. Mm -hmm. Hope can be so powerful. There is always hope. And there is a fair amount of work being done behind the scenes that as patients, we're not always aware of it, Yeah, but there is always something about to come out. Um, hang on to that and I'm really grateful for you to for sharing and allowing patients to hear some some things like this to help them too yeah because it is about patients helping patients for for so many of us yeah until the medical community um, understands everything it's in publications they learn it in medical school and carry it with them Mm -hmm. we're going to be scrambling still for a while and it's very slow
0: yeah i feel like we're we're always catching up to the research that exists and being able to then implement that in more of a clinical way my hope is that this sparks something within at least one person listening today and they go Wow, that sounds like me, or hmm, yeah. maybe that could help me. And they take the mm-hmm. action and the initiative to be the advocate for their health and maybe try yeah. out this as a potential solution to their problems, their challenges with their health. So, I If you're listening now, I hope maybe this has sparked something within you, if nothing else, just new knowledge and understanding, especially the deeper uh, root causes of POTS and understanding the vagus nerve and the more downward pathways of that. So thank you again. And I'd also love to have you share with the audience just how can they get to know you? How can they learn more about this product? Where can they learn more?
1: Yes. Um, I am working full-time at POTS Care. So um, it's potscare.com. I'm sure I have a link there. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can come to POTS Care, but I've kept my forum up on Pretty Ill. Mm -hmm. It was the blog I set up as a patient and put up a forum and have continued to answer answer questions at no charge. Put out a book, The Driscoll Theory, which can be really helpful. And if anybody needs that, happy to give that to them. Just just let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the products and a few other products are at VegasNerveSupport.com. And we've got a couple others that we're working on that I'm really excited about. So yeah. there is more coming. There are more answers in the works. Do know. but um, we, we want to change how this condition and other invisible illnesses are viewed yeah. as patients. We don't get the validation we need for our suffering. The labels are insufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and these can be very serious conditions that, uh, the doctors are not understanding. So I'm on a mission <laughs> to change yeah, that. So in my lifetime, <laughs> so we're trying to push ahead. <laughs>
0: Thank you again. And I just thank you. thank you for bringing hope to invisible illness, because I know there's also a lot of people listening who, who feel like, is this it? And this is just going to be the way it is forever. And like right. you said, your message, part of your message here today is like, do not give up hope. Right. doesn't matter how old you are, what age you are like, mm-hmm. and people like you are behind the scenes being our, our soldiers and trying to oh. find the solutions. Even if we don't see that happening and you know podcasts like this help at least highlight some of that work that is being done behind behind the curtain behind the scenes uh yeah. but just to know that there's more people on all of our side than maybe we think so again thank you so much diana thank you
1: sarah appreciate it
0: thanks for tuning in to today's episode the product that we discussed on today's show is called parasim plus formulated by dr diana and there's a link in the show notes to learn more about this product. If you were listening today and going, holy crap, that is me. I need that. Or you're just curious or want to learn more. So the links are in the show note. And Diana has also been kind enough to offer 10% off your entire order with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. That code is mpath 101010 And you can find that code also in the show notes. So I hope, again, if this has resonated with you in any way, that you dig a little further, be your own advocate, be your own medical detective, and find the deeper answers. Thanks for tuning in. I love you all so much, and I'll talk to you next time.